the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, over the weekend, ESPN, in its uh, insatiable desire to uh, continually uh, degrade its own ratings and relevance, uh, ran a segment celebrating National Women's History Month. And the segment began like this. In 2022, swimmer Leah Thomas became the first transgender athlete to win an NCAA Division I championship by winning the 500 freestyle. The Texas native competed for three seasons on the men's swim team at the University of Pennsylvania. And then it cut to a Leah Thomas interview where Leah Thomas said, people will say, oh, she just transitioned so she would have an advantage so she could win, but I transitioned so I could be happy. Well, we are certainly immersed in lots of self-love there, are we not? You transitioned so you could be happy. What about the other swimmers, the actual biological females? who deal with all the uh, challenges that come with being a woman competing in women's sports, which until five minutes ago never included actually having to compete against biological men like you, Will Thomas. Uh, One of the most outspoken competitors of Leah Thomas has been uh, 11-time All-American Riley Gaines from the University of Kentucky, who tied Will Thomas for, I think it was fourth place or third place in an NCAA swimming race at the last NCAA swimming championships. And Riley Gaines was thinking, well, I'll get to stand on the podium with Will Thomas because we tied. And the NCAA official came up and said, I'm sorry, Riley, you'll have to get off the stage because we only have one award and we need to be able to give that to Leah. Not only did Riley Gaines get edged for that honor by a biological male, she was not even allowed to stand on the podium and be photographed or experience the award ceremony because it was more important to the NCAA to glorify this utter nonsense that men can be women merely by thinking so. So Riley Gaines was not going to take this Sitting down, she responded to ESPN's Women's History Month segment on a biological male by tweeting this. Leah Thomas is not a brave, courageous woman who earned a national title. He is an arrogant cheat who stole a national title from a hardworking, deserving woman. The NCAA is responsible. If I was a woman working at ESPN, I would walk out. You're spineless. ESPN, hashtag boycott ESPN. Yeah. Uh, The narrator of said piece was a woman, Hannah Storm. Now, this sparked ESPN personalities going on Twitter, taking on conservatives who pointed out the lunacy of Leah Thomas being honored with a video tribute during Women's History Month, including 
one of the ESPN anchors named Stan Verrett. Stan Verrett went after Clay Travis of the Clay and Buck radio show, Clay Travis of Fox Sports, Clay Travis of Outkick the Coverage, and accused Clay Travis, <laughs> Clay Travis of trying to build his brand off mocking Stan Verrett on Twitter. He said that he would answer Clay Travis's question, which is a very simple question. Do you believe men should be able to win championships in women's sports? That was the question. Do you believe men should be able to win championships competing as women? Stan Verrett would not answer that question because he said to answer that question would be, and I quote, punching down. Stan Verrett hosts the 17th most popular show on ESPN. He has 64,000 Twitter followers. Clay Travis hosts the number one radio show in America and has 1.1 million Twitter followers. Stan? It is Clay Travis who is punching down, acknowledging your very existence. Now, the whole women competing as men is part of an effort out there to eliminate women, to blur the lines between the sexes because I believe, at its root, this is about eliminating God and God's sovereignty and God's authority. If you can create your own gender out of thin air, out of the vagaries of your own preferences, feelings, inclinations, then what authority are you according God? None, zero. So it was interesting, over the weekend, in women's UFC competition, that's ultimate fighting, which is a barbaric sport, not one that I ever watch, nor do I understand the appeal of beyond the most basest of human desires to watch other people suffer. It's been a constant since before the Roman Colosseum, and it's still sadly popular. UFC fighter Holly Holm won a bantamweight bout on Saturday night, took the microphone in the ring, and said this. Something has been on my heart, and I feel like I have a platform to say it. I just feel like it's really sad, all the sexualization of our children right now, and we need to protect them. Whatever that may be, let's protect the children, please. Now, Holly Holm previously had been famous in ultimate fighting circles for being the woman who knocked out the previously unbeaten and most people thought unbeatable Ronda Rousey. Holly Holm, like, knocked her cold, and you haven't heard from Ronda Rousey since. But now Holly Holm will be taking on a much more powerful opponent now that she has come out against the sexualization of children because this is a demonic cult in our society, the sexualization of children. Similar to my question about what is it about you Democratic voters who cannot admit how crazed it is for people you've elected to Congress or to the Ohio State House, because every Democrat in the Ohio State House would also oppose parents' rights in schools. They all oppose school choice. They all oppose the pro-life movement. Similar to my 
disbelief at you Democrats out there voting for politicians who think it is okay to keep parents in the dark about the education of their children. Is my question, why is it necessary for children to attend drag shows? Why is it essential for children to attend drag shows? See, this is one of the straw man arguments that the left comes up with. Oh, you conservatives, you just want government out of our lives, and yet you want to eliminate drag shows. No, actually, we don't want to eliminate drag shows. That is not the point of anyone who who opposes drag shows for children. It's the for children part that we oppose. Drag shows have existed for decades, probably longer, probably centuries. They were under the radar, seedy, weird in their own right, but not something that anyone on the right side of the aisle moved to eliminate until you started to try to portray them as normal or necessary for the development of a child. So I would like to know, what is the argument? Why does a toddler or a four-year-old or a six-year-old or an eight-year-old, why do they need to be exposed to men cavorting as garish women? What is the upside for the kid? What are they missing out on if they're never exposed to that? Sometimes the most simple objection to an issue is ignored because the creepiness of it is so glaring that we get so up in arms about it that we can't even think coherently and voice our objection in the simplest of terms. So while you contend, oh, any child should be able to go, it's a parent's decision, they should be able to do that. Well, then, so if a parent can expose their child to the weirdness of drag shows, where are the stop signs in that child's life? Well, I wonder how quickly this will be memory hold by the mainstream media, because it certainly doesn't fit a narrative that they will want to publicize. Um, This shooting that you heard about in the bottom of the hour At a Nashville Christian school, uh, there are multiple reports that I'm looking at online that now say that the um, number of fatalities are multiple. Uh, I could give you numbers. I'm not going to give you numbers because it's not important how many uh, until we're absolutely certain of what the number is. Um, This is a a heinous development, as are all school shootings. Uh, I would say the same if it were at um, a liberal college or wherever. Um, This one touches my heart because it happened at a Christian school. Oh, man, the details are awful. Um, Kindergarten through grade six. Uh, The shooter is dead. And uh, authorities are on the scene. uh, Any kind of um, characterization of why this would happen. I mean, I think I have in my mind an idea of why this would happen. One of two things. We One, this person's just crazed and has an agenda against uh, religious schools, which the media will do very uh, hard work to keep out of the news. Or oftentimes these things are uh, custody-related. 
but anything is is possible here. This is somebody who is in the grip of evil and has exacted it on innocent victims at a small Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. So please pray for those moms, those dads, those kids who've been uh, traumatized beyond anything they should ever be exposed to at that age. Um, man, just awful. The uh, Biden administration has, as you know, uh, tried to undo every single accomplishment of the Trump presidency. One of the things that Joe Biden's Department of Education wants to eliminate is protections for religious student organizations. That is why uh, Senators James Lankford of Oklahoma, Tim Scott of South Carolina, and uh, Congressman Tim Wahlberg of Michigan have collaborated on what they call the Equal Campus Access Act of 2023. It would prohibit universities or colleges from discriminating against student organizations because of those groups' religious beliefs, practices, or speech. So this would protect not just Christian organizations, but uh, Islamic organizations, uh, Sikh, Mormon organizations, anything like that. Uh, Prior to Trump's ruling that uh, no religious student organization could be denied rights, benefits, or privileges that are otherwise afforded to other student organizations. Prior to that, at least 37 states had passed or contemplated legislation that would remove federal funding or deny access to resources of organizations on college campuses, which were faith-based organizations. Now, the Biden Department of Education, boy, I sure hope we get rid of that department, claims the rule is, quote, not necessary to protect the First Amendment right to free speech and free exercise of religion. Yeah, I mean, come on. Why, why would you need to be protected? Well, you're a Christian organization. Why would you need to be protected? And that Trump's executive order created confusion among institutions. Yet it is noteworthy that the Biden administration has provided zero examples of any complaint from any college anywhere that they did not understand the Trump edict or the things that it guaranteed to student organizations. If the Department of Education gets its way and it does away with this Trump-era policy, Republicans and dozens of religious groups such as the Christian Legal Society, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, the Coalition for Jewish Values all say it would make it harder for religious student organizations to exist on public college campuses. Of course, that is the end game. That is the end game, right? Any alternative to government schools is being resisted by the Biden administration. Now, right here at home, there's a proposal on the table for a new K through eight charter school in Westerville. But the Westerville planning commission has voted thumbs down on this charter school because the building that it has procured is a 2.2 acre site at the intersection or near the intersection of West Schrock and Cooper roads. 
I think I got a pretty good idea where this is. It is a busy area. The charter school would have had up to 350 students that would have been bussed in by Columbus and Westerville City school districts. It anticipated having 29 employees and a 106-space parking lot. Westerville City planners had approved the school, but the planning commission says no. Because of the location? Because of the traffic in the area is the (laughs) reason given. I didn't say excuse. I said reason. My guess is this is being fought by Westerville City Schools. They don't want a charter school there. It's near Northside Christian School, which they probably are frosty about the existence of Northside Christian School. Yeah, it's about a a block east of there. That's right. So they don't want another charter school. No choices for kids. You will take your government indoctrination and you will like it. You will not complain about it. And you will not point out all the woke grooming that's going on in our schools. Uh, This is, um, I I feel bad because there were 350 kids who had a chance to get an education that dovetailed more closely with uh, their parents' view of what their education should be like. But that is the battle that we are fighting now. We are fighting a battle of parents' rights in schools. We are fighting a battle. It's not just schools. If they can establish a foothold in schools that you don't have the right to your child in school, is it a big leap from there to the fact that the government has more rights than you do related to your children everywhere? I don't think that's a big leap at all. This mindset, of course, is growing. I don't believe that it is a majority position, but I believe that the shrill people who hold this minority position are so adept at demonizing good people, labeling good people, inspiring fear from good people, threatening people, that most people are predisposed to avoid conflict, keep their head down, and not fight the battle because it's a battle they don't want to engage in for fear of getting labeled by labels that are vile and disgusting and untrue, but the lack of truth in somebody lobbing a racist label on you or a homophobic label on you or something like that is powerful. I try to underscore all the time that the power in those labels rests upon whether or not you put any kind of value on it. If you are sure of who you are, don't allow other people to define you and don't allow it to deter you as you fight for the future of your kids and the values you hold dear. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.